my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with one of my favorite students of all time, Jenna Arocha. How are you, Jenna? Hello, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so oh. excited to be on the pod. Oh, it's so great to have you. And, um, you know, I, I've talked about this before, Jenna, with other other former students. And, and you know, um, I, I, I laugh. I've laughed in the past about people saying, oh, you always say that this one is your favorite. But we <laughs> do. We have lots of favorites. And that's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, uh, you and I were just talking. There's like so many thousands of people that I can choose from. And, um, and you know, it's it's those students who who really stick out and and who we want to catch up with and, and that sort of thing that that we end up in inter- that or that I end up interviewing or that get nominated or whatever. Um, but I think it's a good time also, Jenna, because we just talked about it. If you don't get invited, please don't feel bad about that. Um, and and feel free if you're dying to be interviewed um and want to be on the podcast reach out to me i would love that <laughs> so definitely you know how i am jenna i'm a pleaser i'm like um <laughs> i like i like worry about people not uh you know but uh, it's so great to see you and i'm really excited to catch up with you jenna is a 2017 graduate of our program and she is currently director of community advisor and uh so we're going to get to hear all about that and i am super excited to hear all the things that you're doing that the, the um the title director of community just sounds fabulous i just love that and i love that title you know and yes. so yeah, we'll we'll talk about it and we'll we'll get there. But let's first go back in time and and um and and talk about a little bit about what you were like growing up. Where did you where did you grow up, Jenna? So I was originally born in LA in the Valley. Uh, both uh-huh. my parents actually met on the West Side, and so very like longstanding LA people. Uh-huh. And um, we actually moved to San Diego when I was just starting kindergarten because my dad, um, his job was in San Diego. So we ended up moving. Right. And so I grew up in San Diego from K through 12. So okay. I consider myself a real San Diego native. I'm yeah. not a surfer or anything, but I still, yeah. I still yeah. love the beach. So nice, 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 nice. Um, well, San Diego just seems like such an idyllic place to grow up. And, uh, you know, it's like everyone's like favorite vacation destination, you know, uh, but uh, so but what, what was it like? What was it like growing up? What did, what did your parents do down there? Um, did you have any siblings? That, do you have any siblings? That sort of thing? Yeah. So I have one older sister. She's four years older than me. Everyone thinks we're twins because we look like super alike. We didn't really. Yeah, we didn't at first. Like when we were growing up, we looked completely different. Like I have super curly hair. She had like stick straight hair. Uh Once I got to like college, we started like looking just like twins. And still to this day, everyone's like, are you guys twins? I'm like, no. (laughs) That's really wild, though. That's got to be kind of fun to be how how um, how far apart are you? Four years. Four years and you and, and people mistake you as twins. That's kind of yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. And it was great. I mean, both uh my parents were super involved with us both growing up. My mom was a stay-at-home mom until about middle school. And then she had a job for a bit and then decided to just do the stay-at-home thing in high school. And then 
when I was in high school and then went back to a job in college. So it was amazing having her just shuttling me from all my extracurriculars and stuff yeah. like that. And then my dad, um, he worked from home primarily like my whole life growing up and still now. So I really had access to both parents, That's which cool. was amazing. Yeah, that's super cool. And and you're you're living and working there in San Diego. So I imagine you, you get to still uh, see them quite a bit. So that's fun. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm only like 20 minutes away. So I can still, you know, be like, hey, you haven't gotten rid of me yet. I'm still yeah. here. Yeah, I am sure they love that, Jenna. That is awesome. That is awesome. So let's talk about what you were like growing up. Like, what was your jam? What were you into? Yes, I grew up um, dancing and doing soccer. Ah. Ah. So dancing became like my number one. Um, I think in middle school, I just exclusively did that. So I was a competitive dancer, like 15 to 20 hours a week. Like that was my life. And it was so fun. Um, really taught me time management. <laughs> and um, yeah. and then in high school, continued that. Also did cheerleading, which was super fun. And yeah. I loved being on the inside of events as ah. foreshadowing and just feeling like the inside scoop. And yep. I don't, I didn't follow sports, but I just loved the energy. And I was always a very outgoing person. I knew yeah. everyone in school. So I was um, just really involved and just wanted to meet people and connect with people. Yeah. You know, um, when I think about you, Jenna, I, I, you, and you just saying that and, um, and, and of course, when we get later to your, your role advisor, you know, you, you seem like to me like a connector, right? Like you can, you can help connect people really well because people are drawn to you and you have this like infectious, uh, personality of, of, of smiling and being open. And, uh, and so that just gave me, that made me, made me smile, uh, hearing you say that. And, um, uh, so that that's really awesome. Ta let's talk about um, th this is your chance, like the glory days, you know, the old uh, Bruce Springsteen song, glory days you know, uh, for high school. So what is your proudest moment um, from uh, from high school? Probably my senior year, I was um, nominated. It was throughout or outside of high school, but for a local San Diego Community Service Award, oh. I um, a recycling program from freshman year of high school to senior year. And I was um, nominated and won that award with two other um, students, you know, it was high school students. So yeah. that was really fabulous. And I was able to um, work with the organization that presented me the um, award and got some personal development. And it was really great because I am really passionate about many causes, but the environment being one of them. And so um, I just did it because I wanted to make a difference and being recognized for that um, yeah. was amazing, especially at such a young age. It really inspired me to keep working towards causes that I'm passionate about. Care about. I love that. That is so great. You know, I um I just recently added that question to the uh to the interview because um I feel like, you know, we I have kids. My 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 daughter's now in high school, believe it or not, and um and and Max will be going to high school next year, and um and you know I just start thinking about like those years, and and we we put so much into those years. Like high school means so much to you, and you you're so wrapped up in it, you know, and and it's it seems like 
that that's the be all end all, right? <laughs> it can it can feel that way, right? You know, yeah. And, and when we think about our culture and whatnot, and and we have all these achievements in high school, but yeah, then we realize like, oh, well, that just kind of becomes your past, right? No one ever really knows or remembers too much about that anymore, yeah. and that can that can actually be a really good thing for a lot of for a lot <laughs> of kids, right? Yeah. But I think it's also fun to like look back and to think about like, oh wow, like what really. Um, you know, what did I do that that I'm proud of? And so I uh, I really appreciate you sharing that. Let's yeah. talk uh, let's talk a little bit more about um, you know, that growing up aspect. And everyone kind of has a tendency to to have a dream job, whether it be something you dressed up um, um as for Halloween or just a memory where you're like, oh wow, I really always thought I was going to become this. Do you do you have that? Do you have any early memories about that? I really don't. I don't, I never really had a dream job. I, the only thing that comes to mind is like, I've always wanted to go to space. I've been fascinated with space. Like, yeah. Like I didn't want to be an astronaut, but like, I still, to this day, I'm like, yeah, get me up in space. Like, you know, a little more commercialized. Um, but really, and I kind of, I guess we can get into it kind of leads me to like my career path. And like, Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of ups and downs in different jobs. And I've never really had that like one set, oh my God, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And that's kind of been my path throughout college after college, you know, I feel like now I'm kind of starting to like find my footing and like what I really am passionate about. So um, yeah, never really had anything that I was like, oh, I definitely want to be this when I right, grow up. Right. You didn't grow, you didn't grow up uh, thinking about being a, a fire chief or something like that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so let's talk about then that path. Let's get into that path of going to, to Cal Poly. And obviously um, San Diego is not too far away and we have lots of, lots of students. We, we have a pipeline there from San Diego, but, but everybody has their own unique story. Tell us yours about Cal Poly and how you found the major and that sort of thing. Definitely. So I didn't really hear about Cal Poly until, you know, junior, senior year when I was actually looking at what colleges I was thinking about going to. And one of my uh, best friends growing up, she had some family friends that went to Cal Poly and she was like, my God, it's so great. There's a donut shop, which I love donuts. So not going to lie, Slow Doco, like literally like is why I went to Cal Poly. Like, <laughs> awesome. I love, it. I love I, it. You know, I call it my crack den. Oh. Like it's, I have to wear like a trench coat when I go in and like dark sunglasses. Cause they're... I had to stop. Like I'm dating myself now. Stop following them on Snapchat because I would know when the fresh donuts would come out and I'd like go. D- I live down the street from right. there. Right. I, yeah, it was bad, but all joking aside, I, um, I thought I was going to end up in Arizona for school. I had oh. some, um, friends on the dance team from high school that had gone there. So when I did my college visits, I, went to Cal Poly first and I was like, Oh yeah, this is great. Like love the, love the farmer's market. So fun. And then I went to Arizona and one of the schools, it was like over a hundred degrees. And I was like, ha, no. And then the other one, it was snowing, like it snows there. And I was like, okay, I'm not about it. So then on, (laughs) so on my ride home with my mom, I was like, kind of, you know, assessing. And I was like, you know what, like Cal Poly is the best school. It's in-state, it's drivable, has the best weather, has my donut shop. Like, so I was like, okay, let's do it. And 
Originally, I went in as a sociology major. Ah. Like I said, I didn't have an idea of what I wanted to do. So I went in as a liberal in the liberal arts college. And I was like, you know what? Seems general enough. I can like kind of see what I want, knowing that Cal Poly is kind of notorious for being difficult to change majors. So I was like, whatever, I'll figure it out. And then it wasn't until... recruitment my freshman year when I was um, going through to join a sorority that I met, you know, obviously so many different women and they were like, oh, I'm a, at the time, RPTA major. Like, and I was like, what's that? And they're like, oh, I major in events and hospitality. And I was like, you can do that. Oh, what? <laughs> like, I didn't know. And like in high school, I was always the one planning the homecoming and the prom for all my friends. And I was like, Wait, it's just so fun. So that's kind of how I heard about it. And then um, started my 7 a.m. sociology class didn't really help the cause as well. So I um, (laughs) came in, I think, you know, first quarter freshman year was like, how do I get into this major? And then winter quarter, I was an RPTA major. So you you had a meeting with Dr. Hendricks and the rest is history, right? Exactly. I was like, get me in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we're so happy that you did make that change. And, and you know, I, I think it's probably a good and a bad thing for Cal Poly that the word gets out there that it's kind of hard to change majors. Um, but it's actually not that hard, you know? <laughs> I think we probably promote that so that people don't like try to slip in through <laughs> other majors or whatever, you know oh. what I mean? but uh but and and now i just uh i I just ruined that because (laughs) and it's so popular there'll probably be thousands and thousands of people listening to this and now the word will get out i'm just kidding (laughs) you are but i'm kidding (laughs) um so let's talk about uh those enduring memories you know we talked a little bit about the glory days of high school and and then you know the 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 four or however many years you spend in college uh five for me but um those become just you know those that's where we really develop our identity right and it becomes a springboard to what we're gonna do and become in life so to speak and so those four years are are just are, are usually really really memorable and so um when when you look back i know it's super hard to like pick a a moment or pick an experience but is there something that comes to mind that's like an enduring um enduring thing that you know you'll never forget yeah, I think a lot of it revolves around being in a sorority. I was in Chi Omega, um, and I was able to have many leadership roles within that. So my ju- sophomore, junior year, I was on the programming board as the career and personal development director. So I was planning events. So really taking what I was learning in the classroom and also the learn by doing of the classroom and applying that to my sorority. So planning events for 300 women it kind of just put me in the deep end already and then um the next great way to build experience yeah yeah and then the next year i was on the executive board as their nationally like the first ever programming board so new position for all the chapters and mine and i was managing all those different event directors so it was a really like amazing growing experience to manage your peers, which is not always easy. But then I also had, you know, full-time school. I had another job. I had Mm -hmm. trying to have a social life and then, um, you know, a position in the sorority on top of that. So it really, you know, 
taught me a lot about time management and doing things that I feel passionate about. So all of that and just growing, you know, being with your friends, living with your friends and all that comes with it. It was just an awesome four years. Yeah. And, you know, I love it. And I really appreciate you bringing that up, Jenna. And and, um, because I think it's such a, um, as you were talking, it just hit me like, um, you said, and trying to have a social life too. And I think one of the things, particularly when you get into leadership positions with clubs or, um, or, or sororities or, or fraternities or any sort of club, right. Um, that becomes your, your, almost your, your way, your portal into the social aspect. Right. Mm-hmm. And rather than feeling the pressure, like I did, um, <laughs> in my social sphere, my social sphere was I always have to be the like life of the party and the crazy person doing all getting the drunkest or getting, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing, right? Yeah. You're instead like in a leadership role and that becomes a way, in, a portal into the social, right? Yeah. Like, oh, Jenna is doing this. Or, you know, does that, do you, does that resonate? Totally. 100%. I mean, I was always drawn to sorority because of being on the dance team. It was already kind of that same type of unit. And I wanted that. I I mean, Cal Poly is a big school, right? So I wanted to feel like I had a group of women that I felt connected to and was able to share these experiences with and hopefully have for lifelong friends, which is true. I was just at a wedding for one of my sorority sisters. I'm going to bachelorette next weekend for one of my other ones. Like, Oh man, you're, you're, yeah. you're in that period. You better save money. I remember I almost went broke during that period. <laughs> I have, yeah. I have five weddings this year. Yeah, I'm, in, yeah. I'm in three of them. They're across yeah. the world, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. But, you know, they're all my best friends and yeah. I, you know, I'm very thankful for the relationships I cultivated in college and from childhood and really keeping those um, very sacred. For sure. Absolutely. That's so awesome. So let's talk, let's shift a little bit. I mean, you, you delved into some professional development, obviously through the, the through your sorority, but um, uh, let, let's get a little bit more into that. Um, when you, when you look back and you think about what you're doing now and you think about your path, um, is there something that you did professional development related um, in addition to what you've already talked about that where you look back and you go, oh, wow, this really propelled me um, and helped me to become the professional that I am today? Yeah, I mean, I would say kind of echoing what I said before is balancing all those different aspects of life. I think, I mean, college is one professional development really big course all at one time. It really <laughs> is, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good I point. Mean, the biggest thing that I've learned from college is just how to grow up and be an adult and be independent. I think the RPTA EIM major as a whole, like really allowed for opportunities for growth. I know I was on the um, auction and dinner committee. That was really great getting out there in the community and having to say, hi, I'm Jenna. Like, I'm a college student. You're an executive. Can you help me out here? Blah, blah, blah. So just all the different opportunities, I think, you know, go into one of bucket of professional development for me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So let's talk about our our current students always love hearing about the internship and how you got it, what you did, that whole process. Um, So can you can you go through that for us? Sure. I mean, first of all, I'd love 
just to say the internship is the best thing. Like all my friends in other majors, I was the only one of my like friend group that was in uh, RPTA EIM. And they were like, whoa, like you get to do all this stuff outside of the classroom. You get to have this internship. That's so cool. And I was like, so excited for it. I, um, because I was born in LA and still have family there. I knew I wanted to go back to that area. I was really set on like something in entertainment or I don't know. And, um, I ended up at a small boutique PR agency. My, um, cousin actually had a connection there. So that's how I found that. And it was great. It was, it got me to the city I wanted to be in kind of experienced that as what post-grad could be. It was a little more clear, clerical, I don't know, admin based. I can't yeah. get that word out. Yeah. Uh, not as much client facing. So it wasn't as much um, hands-on as I wanted it to be. But throughout that process, I was able to mentor some other interns that were there because I was there for an extended period of time, full-time, you know, every day. Um, but I really consider my internship um, post-college with George P. Johnson, which I know is a great partner of um, the department. And I was actually lucky enough to do a three-month internship with George P. Johnson between my junior and senior year, which um, not many people were able to do. I was in some of the upper-level um, RPTA classes, and I think Dr. Hendricks said, oh, Yen, and you know they're coming to to interview. And I said, how do I get on that? And they're like, oh, it's actually for like seniors. I said, no, no, no. It's for me. (laughs) I was able to weasel my way in through there and then for that summer and then decided to go back. So I really consider, um, you know, George B. Johnson after graduation, my like real internship and like start of my professional career. Right. I love it. And it's been I mean, they have been such an amazing partner and and springboard. I mean, I can't tell you how many um, of the of the people who I interview where I'm like, oh wow, they were George P. Johnson too. Oh wow, yeah. and it's like so many, you know. And um, it's so it's so great. So let's talk about um, what you did there. So you were an event specialist, a graphic manager, right? Um, yes. So what, what what was like the one enduring takeaway from that time where, where you think back and you're like, oh, wow, this really helped me here? Yeah. I mean, George W. Johnson was great as, you know, we were in an intern level, essentially. And mm-hmm. we were really swimming with the big fish. I was working on um, the sales Dreamforce conference, right? Salesforce Dreamforce. Yeah. And I was, you know, managing my own designer. I held the transportation graphics. So mm-hmm. all of the buses from, you know, all over North, um, you know, the Bay, there was a sign there and it had to say what time it was and where it was going. And I was like managing all of that. And I was in meetings with, you know, Salesforce executives and it was, you know, you really had to step up and like, they treated you like you weren't just an intern. And so I look back at some of the times I was like, wow, I was like, probably could have handled that differently, but like, it, you know, to be honest, I was what 22 just getting into the workforce, but yeah. it taught me so much. And it was the hardest I've ever worked. I think, you know, the agency life is no joke, but I, I would do it 10 times again because that yeah. grit has served me so, so much in my um, career after that. 
Love it. So, so let's talk about, um, uh, let's talk about, a. can we jump ahead to Santa yeah. Monica traveling tourism? Because I know <laughs> yes. you spent, um, you spent a year and a half there and obviously, uh, destination marketing and, and DMOs are a big part of the experience industry. Tell us about how you got that position and, and that kind of transition, um, if you will, from from events to to more of the destination marketing side, what got you interested there, and what your what your time was like um, at uh, Santa Monica Travel and Tourism? Yeah, definitely. So after the internship at George B. Johnson ended, I was up in the Bay, and I'm really just a SoCal girl at heart. So I decided to come back um, down south, and at that point. I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything lined up. And so I was, you know, really like, I was back at my home with my parents and I was like, what am I going to do? I was always interested in marketing. I feel like RPTA gave you a large like scope of what you could do. And so I kind of wanted marketing. And then I've always loved hospitality. When we were younger, we'd travel, you know, with my cousins and going to a hotel was like the best thing in the world. Like I would just be the nuisance running up and down the hall, but like, sorry, <laughs> like the ice machine. I don't know why it was just like so fascinating, but I always loved hospitality. So I think I found the job on LinkedIn and to my not, I didn't know until I looked at, you know, LinkedIn that my fellow classmate, Emily Bishop also was working at SMTT. And I was like, Oh, well, I love Emily. Like yeah. if she's still working there, then that'd be great. So I ended up applying for client services, which was eventually, which is essentially the events team. And when I went in for an interview, Emily was actually in my interview and we had to like, we at first like unspokenly like pretended like we didn't know each other. And then ah. we were like, okay, yeah, we actually know each other. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. I love it. it I just looked a little closer. So you didn't tra- transition that much. You were still doing events then, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So awesome. And that's a was- great thing, the crossover. Yeah, it was great. And again, like kind of being on the inside, I loved, you know, knowing what was going on within the hotels. I got to meet, you know, hotel GMs and, you know, just work closely with city people on stuff. And what I really enjoyed about um, that job was, again, kind of, I was at a lower level, right? I was a coordinator, but I was able in planning events to go talk to the director of marketing and say, Hey, I need you to go do this and like get that respect from people that Mm -hmm. are older than me. And um, what I also loved is learning about all the programming that the city did specifically with homelessness. And that really, um, again, another cause that I'm passionate about, just like the environment. And that kind of foreshadowed where I am now with um, Visor. Right, right. Well, before we jump into to Visor, I, I I think I would uh, we would I would be remiss to not to not ask you about the pandemic and and that impact and what that had on you and 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 how you were able to cope through that. Um, yeah. uh, so do you, do you mind? I hope I'm not. Um, no, not at all. It's not too. Yeah. So I had just started a new position uh January of 2020 at another I was giving PR another go um for hospitality so still within that I was working with um large hospitality clients and I was an account coordinator so I was there for about 3 months and then the pandemic hit and it was you know 
officially named a pandemic on a Friday and I was laid off on a Tuesday that next Tuesday. So I was in the first wave um, to be let go and I was still in LA. I was like, well, I don't have a job and I don't want to pay rent. So I'm going to go home. Yeah. This again, kind of weaves into my ups and downs of the career journey. Um, So I was home for about a year and a half again with my parents and I, LA kind of, it was a whirlwind of like a year and a half, two years. And I kind of just like collapsed. I was like, whoa, what, what just happened? What's the pandemic? And Mm -hmm. it was kind of the reset I needed to figure out what career I wanted. Did I want to go back to PR? Not really. Mm -hmm. Events has always been like a throughput that I really enjoy. Do I want to do that or do I want to do, I don't know what else. And so I really gave myself that time to do nothing essentially and kind of just sit with myself and be with my family, you know, say that time with family. I imagine that was really important because so many people were alone and felt, felt really, you know, that was, that, that was tough. So I imagine it was great to be with your family. Yeah, it was so nice and really just work on like health and wellness. I was always super active growing up with dance. And then once I got to college and I wasn't dancing 20 hours a week, I was like, I've never stepped foot in a gym. I don't know what I'm doing. And so I got really into Pilates and eating healthy and skincare and all things. So, um, and then eventually once the world you know, opened up a little bit more. I did decide like, I want to go back to events. That's really what makes me happy. And I was able to find a fully remote job um, at a events agency, a production agency. And then, you know, XYZ, I hear about Visor, blah, blah, blah. And then I end up with Visor. (laughs) Well, let's talk about, let's talk about Visor, right? So we're, we're, we're here in the present and you've, um, you've almost been, I guess it's been almost, uh, what, almost two years, getting, getting close to two years with Visor now. And, and, uh, like I said earlier, you're the director of community (laughs) and I love, I love, uh, that title. So talk to us first um, about what Visor does and then get into your role as director of community and what you do there. Sure. So Visor is a tech startup that really, with all of our products, focuses on trying to get people um, living healthier lifestyles. So what we're most notably known for is Visor app which is a free app that converts your exercise into meal donations and healthy rewards. So you can download it uh, to your phone and connect it through your phone, or if you have an Apple watch or Fitbit Mm -hmm. and every day that you do 10,000 steps or 30 minutes of activity, you come into the app and one of our brand sponsors sponsors a meal through the U S food banks. So, and then you also get the, points that you can redeem for healthy free items in our marketplace. That's cool. Yeah. And I love that. I did not yeah. realize that's what Visor did. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna download it. I need, should. I need that. Yes. <laughs> I need that. <laughs> so that real finding Visor really helped me during the pandemic like stay consistent with my workouts. It's like oh you know so much you were a user before you mm-hmm Wow, cool. Yeah. So I used it for about a year and then I was like, this is so awesome. They're local to San Diego. So um, I was, you know, emailing them and like made connections and then they were able to bring me on 
full time uh, in an events, you know, community manager role. That's what I came in as. And um, yeah, it's been awesome. The company has evolved so much since, um, you know, I've been there. I've never worked for a startup, but the agency life really helped me prepare for, you know, wearing multiple hats and fast paced. And now I recently got promoted to director of community as of like two weeks ago. So I know, I know. Yeah. That's, I think that's how I, I saw that. that, that <laughs> that's one of the key things. Like when, when people uh, get new jobs or promotions, I see yeah. it and I'm like, Oh, that'd be great to talk to them. <laughs> so yeah, totally. So but tell us what you're doing as director of community. Well, what does that entail? Yeah. So essentially my job comes down to events and customer service and Within the app sphere, I'm, you know, doing literal customer service. So if someone reaches out via email or on Instagram or through our app, I'm the one responding to those. I manage our social media and email marketing. And then um, any event, virtual or in person, um, I really run the gamut with those and plan all that. So it's been really great. We just did... um, our first digital summit that was two days, um, multiple sessions, and I've never actually done a virtual event before. So that was something new and challenging for me, but it was super rewarding. And now we're kind of continuing those virtual events um, monthly and then also just in-person events for potential customers of some of our new products and Really, I laugh because I think my job is like special projects. That's kind of what I like dub it as. I, yeah, yeah. you know, my the, the director of community sounds cooler. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like so that. That touches, I think, if that answers your question, a bit of what. Yeah, yeah, it does. And uh, and you probably thought I wasn't listening as you were talking there, but I'm, I was actually downloading Visor. <laughs> well, so if you're, you're, you have any issues, I'm the one that you're the one. Well, that's what I was. I, I, I was laughing to myself because I was like, I wonder if she'll get a ding that I uh, that someone. <laughs> <laughs> if you DM us, that's me on the other side. So you on the other side. I love it. I love it. Well, um, so let's talk about um, you know, one of the things that I, that I've decided decided that I want to bring into the podcast a little bit more is um is work life balance right and um obviously visor you you would think visor uh since you're since you're promoting that health and wellness that that would be um that would be something that is is big on your on your list tell us about um one what's your setup are you remote are you are you able what's the are you are you flex um how does that work and then two um what's your work-life balance like what do you what do you do there in san diego to to have fun and to keep balance in your life definitely well i think working i am remote so i'm fully remote we were hybrid at a point we're working actually in our ceo's living room for a time because that's very startup of us and then um we moved to another house actually that was just our office and then we decided to get rid of that earlier this year so the last like five months, I think I've been fully remote. Um, but we're all local to San Diego. So we're still able to like see each other if we want for meetings. Um, but most stuff just happens over zoom and, um, you know, being a startup wellness company, it kind of lends itself to having work-life balance 
built in, which I'm super lucky about. We have, you know, our core hours, but we're very flexible if, you know, you have a doctor's appointment or you need to just take a workout class, go for a walk. Like it's super flexible. And I'm really lucky for that because I've realized that, you know, I get work done most like best in the morning for like a few hours. And then I take a break and then I go back. So that's been really great. I live right by the coast in Del Mar. Um, So walking on the beach is like my favorite pastime. And I was really lucky. I actually just completed a half marathon a few months ago, a feat that I never thought I would say. Um, And one of my coworkers actually was training for one as well. So it was really great to have that camaraderie and someone to support you. (laughs) Of course. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I love hearing the story about uh, the, the, um, the CEO's uh, living room, you know, that, that's the nature of a startup, right? You gotta, yeah. yeah. So that's really, that's really great. Well, um, uh, the last thing or a couple of other things that b- before we, uh, before we wrap up, um, if, if you could time travel, um, what would you go back and tell your junior year self? Yeah, I would say don't compare yourself to anyone's path because everyone's different and not everyone has it all together, even if they make it seem that way. So yeah, I think, you know, I've always felt like I've just been on my, like beat to my own drum, but really taking that in and not comparing yourself. Like I mentioned before, I really haven't had a very like linear path of careers. Like I've kind of always stayed in the same general realm, but very different industries. And I was always really jealous of my friends that were going to be teachers or engineers and they knew exactly what they wanted. And Mm. I would always, you know, get down on myself for that. And luckily, you know, I had my mom and she was super supportive and was like, don't get down on yourself. Like you have all these amazing qualities, just go try a bunch of different things and you'll see what you like. And you know, I feel like in this role, director of community advisor, it's just matching all the things that I love, events, community service, you know, connecting with people and really just being yourself. Like your authentic self is the only way you're going to find what you enjoy and attract the people that are going to be the best in your life to help you grow. And yeah, I'm once I really just like let go of like all the external like societal pressures of, oh, you have to get a job and do this and da, 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 da. Like my life just has really opened up and I've been a lot lighter and happier the last, once I realized that. I love it. And I think it's it's such great advice. And, and, you know, you think about it and I think the thing that we forget is that that teacher who knew exactly what she wa- what 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 uh, they wanted to to do as a teacher or that engineer and the same thing, they also have those doubts and those those moments in their lives where they're like, "Am I doing the right thing? Am I going down the right path?" Or, or those bad days or whatever it might be. And um, and so I think what you just said and keeping that perspective is is so important. Um, and it's so hard, you know, I have a and having two teenagers and knowing that they're getting into social media now, you know, it, it, it scares me because, you know, I've read some of the studies. And one of the things the studies say is that um, we intuitively know when we're looking at social media that people are just posting 
the happy times, you know, they're just posting their best life, so to speak, right? And we know that that's not the only thing in their life. Um, The interviews that people have done and, and research that they've done, people know that. But just the act of comparing yourself, like you just said, decreases your happiness and 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 has been tied with with anxiety and depression and all those sorts of things and so i think um that comparison aspect that you touched on is a huge thing like don't be your authentic self i love it i love it if if anybody gets anything out of this i i hope it's that authentic (laughs) self for sure right yeah and really you know having those honest conversations with your friends and saying hey like you know how you're feeling too and not everything's perfect i've really been able to lean on the close people in my life. And, you know, they're able to give me that perspective and say, not like I'm struggling with X, Y, Z, like not everyone has it all together all the time. So really being open with the people in your life and, you know, letting them support you and tell you that you're not alone I is like so important. 100%. And, you know, it's, it's that, um, it's that interesting thing, right? We have these, um, we have these social pressures, right, of social media being a bi- as big as it's ever been, right, and those aspects that we were just talking about with comparison. But that's colliding with this new mentality that I feel like your generation is more in touch with than my generation was, and that is being more open and honest with our friends and with colleagues and with people who we trust about our mental state, right? And um, and I, I think supporting each other along those lines um, is we all need it and it all it helps so much to have that social connection to be able to do that and so i appreciate you sharing that as well um the last thing we'll we'll end with jenna is um uh i want you to to think about both the startup space and the events world and and technology and health and wellness i don't know if you can i don't know if you can bundle all those together but like what um what challenges and opportunities and and um advice would you give to people who are interested in this sort of space yeah. <laughs> if we can if we can group that whole big space in together somehow. <laughs> I think I mean for events in general no matter what um industry it's really finding something that people connect with and brings value and is authentic. I think with the pandemic you know making accessibility to just getting your groceries delivered or a virtual event like it's it makes people just kind of stay in their house and not have to make that effort to go interact, go outside their house. So really finding creative ways to market, but also creative enticing events for people to get out of their house, make that connection. Because, you know, even for me going back out, I'm such a social person, but after being sheltered in my home for a year and a half, I was like, how the, how do I talk to people? You know? So yeah, for sure. (laughs) So I think, um, you know, the opportunity is to really get creative and find um, value, really pick out the value of what you're doing. And if it doesn't bring value to whoever you're marketing to, then Mm -hmm. don't do it. Find something else to bring that value. Because if you're not connect, if your audience isn't connected to it, then why are you doing it? Why would you do it? Yeah, exactly. What about um, 
what about advice that you would give to to young um you know to students or recent graduates um who are interested in this space definitely i i mean try everything try I, everything. I like <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. And, um tactically i mean for my role being with social media and events i think learn the basics of content editing there's a great app free it's called splice i learned how to use that in like 10 minutes they have like you know, great things on Google and tutorials, just like the basics of editing. I think that's super helpful. And then um, just keeping up with different social media platforms. I know, you know, TikTok's obviously stuck. Um, Threads is a new one that came up. Just like, I, I'm not, I don't love content creation. I'm not that great at it. I'm good at like the editing side, but you know, be able to play on there myself and just like know how to use it. So if, you know, our director of marketing, head of marketing comes to me and says, Hey, can you do this? I know how to do it. And I'm not like, you know, wasting time. Um, And then also just being able to pivot and wear many hats. I think that comes with experience, but not getting flustered when things change at a drop of a hat, because especially in the startup world. I was going to say, that's the startup (laughs) mentality right there. Yeah. Everything, you know, can change in a moment, but um, really just overall finding something you're passionate about, because if you're not passionate and you're just doing it for money or whatever external factor, it's really not going to, you know, be fulfilling. And something that I think the biggest thing I took away from um, RPTA is intrinsic motivation. I, that's like in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, those two things are like the like cornerstone of my like time at Bali and something I've really just attached to, but intrinsic motivation. And that kind of goes with authenticity. It like, if you have those two things, then you're going to find whatever is meant for you and everything else will follow. Well, Jenna, I I absolutely love it, and um, I, I can tell you from um, from my interactions with you and and um, over the years, uh, one of the things that that really sticks out to me is that you are authentic and that you are a genuine person, and and that uh, you know, but like like we just said, I love that that you. Um, you know, you went through your ups and downs and you shared those with us. And that is, um, that is so important for so many people. And I just thank you for, for being that authentic self, right? You're not being fake. You're telling us, uh, you told us about the ups and the downs and, and, um, I, I just love that. And, um, I just think so much of you and, um, always have since I, since I first, uh, since I first met, met you and um and just know you um you've got a new customer you made at least one <laughs> customer today with advisor i i am about to sign up i decided i should stop and genuinely listen to you rather than um rather than uh, continuing with the visor registration while you were talking but uh just thank i can't thank you enough for for coming on today oh well thank you so much for having me i'm again honored and it was so great catching up and you know, the RPTA, EIM department, all the professors, everyone, it, it truly like has shaped me and I'm, I'm just beyond to be speaking with you again. So thank you so much. Awesome. It's so great. So great to see you. And, um, and you've got a cheerleader here at Cal Poly now. All right. Uh, always. Thank you. All thank right. you so see much. you, Jenna. Take Bye. care. Bye. <laughs>